Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and craft beer. I'm Ben, and I'm here with Lucy. Hello. 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 How are you? How are you? Oh. Oh. Double. I'm How good. are you? It is. Well, that means I'm good as well. As long as Yay. you're good, I'm good. Excellent. I was going to say the same. <laughs> we just play off of each other all yeah. night, can't we? That's, yeah. yeah. Just say Done. the same things. Horizon's <laughs> great. Age of Empires sucks. Yeah. <gasps> How... <laughs> <laughs> dare you? How dare you? I just picked any like tactics game off my head. Any strategy game you can think I, of. Yeah. I'm sure that was when I missed last week. Were you talking about Age of Empires? Or? No, Civilization Six. Same thing. See? Almost. Doesn't matter what game it was. They're <laughs> <laughs> actually bringing back Age of Empires. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point in the future if Microsoft ever do actually do anything mm-hmm. with it, apart from show a few slightly higher resolution screenshots than the original. <laughs> Let's drink some beers. Um, I'm going to start. Yes. Now, I went to Weymouth, went for a weekend away, and thought, I'll come back with some, you know, nice Weymouth or Dorset locally brewed beers. So I asked my friends who still live there, where can I go to get beer? And they gave me the sort of the names of a few wine shops that, you know, stock a few kind of local local beers and this is sort of like dorset brewing company and stuff so they're a bit more traditional uh traditional english ales in that sense it's not sort of like the hoppier craft beers and Ooh. and the, the gambit of of new age kind of brewing and stuff that, w- that we're drinking golden yeah and... yeah best yeah. a lot of best mm. um so they said the best place to go was a londis and to my surprise they had a fantastic selection of beer yeah. Ridiculous. Place you'd expect it, but it completely. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> the selection you got was pretty impressive as well. So it was. Mm. There was a couple of breweries in there that I not only had, that I hadn't had beers from. There was a couple of breweries, one of which I'm going to mm. drink tonight, that I hadn't even heard of. I just mm. not seen over here in Bristol. I could I could go so far as to say that their selection was better than some of the bottle shops in Bristol. Yeah. But then we've got a great beer scene in Bristol, so a lot mm, of the bottle shops do. here stock a lot of Bristol beers. Yeah, we don't get nice. a lot of beers. Yeah, nice. yeah. Yes, yeah, completely, completely. Um but I'm gonna start tonight with a brewery we've had before, but they don't see much here in Bristol, and it's fallen brewing. Uh, and I'm gonna drink just the ticket. It's a four percent hoppy extra pale. There's a tiny tiny amount of flavour text Mm -hmm. just the ticket hoppy and pale brewed with New Zealand and US hops lemon lime tropical fruits and orange zest blend together to make a refreshingly no I've added the lee a refreshing light beer doesn't tell me what the hops are Hmm. but that's fine standard cascade etc probably all those Nelson Sauvon maybe yeah yeah the classics yeah yeah but yeah, nice session beer to start me off with. Yeah. What are you drinking? Well, a few weeks ago when I was last on the pod, I had a beer, a sour IPA from Northern Monk, 
which I wasn't a big fan of. Um, mm. Wasn't a fan of how the sourness at the start mixed with the bitterness at the end. It was just kind of an odd flavour profile for me. Um, but Beer O'Clock got in touch with us on Twitter, and they said, yeah. you have to try, I think it's called Troll Tonga yes. from Buxton yeah. Brewery, which is a sour IPA as well. Um, I went to my beer shop. It's definitely at the beer shop, so I'm going to have to head back there again and pick it up. But in replace of that, I did find a, another sour IPA from Buxton. Um, it's part of their super super liminal uh, range, and this is a sour Indian India pale ale with raspberries, and it is seven percent. Ooh, mm, so a bit stronger than I would have thought. Mm. Oh. Finally, a sour beer, but an IPA as well. I thought this would yeah. be more session strength, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't mm. think I've ever had a beer with raspberries in. I'm sure you must have at some point. Maybe, but nothing that sticks in my mind or yeah. comes back to me at all. Yeah. I'm trying to think what that would even do. Like what you know, <laughs> what were you gonna get from that? A bit of sweetness. Oh wow, you can certainly smell the raspberries. Yeah. It smells okay. like Ribena straight away. And um <laughs> <laughs> It's got the I mean, the head disappeared straight away, um, mm. as you'd expect from a sour. Nice bit of carbonation as well. Um, it's it's kind of a dark amber colour, not quite like dark orange. It's very hazy, very cloudy. Um, yeah, yeah. What you'd expect from like a you know hazy IPA. So, mm. But yeah, you can smell like the raspberry straight away. It smells like. I imagine this is just going to be like fizzy Ribena, <laughs> with a bit of kick to it for seven percent. But yeah, mm, maybe maybe like a slight hoppiness somewhere mm. in there, yeah. or a bitterness towards the end, sort of thing. Maybe to give yeah. it that um, like a, that essence of an IPA, perhaps like a Vimto, but less sickening. <laughs> oh, Vimto is not very nice. No, it's horrible. Have you tucked into yours yet? Or? I have. Um, you do get. That, that that citrus off of there, you do, and the orange comes through only very slightly. I mean, you get a little bit on the nose, it's very slightly in the taste. But actually, I don't know. I, I don't know whether it's because I've had a couple uh, this weekend. Um, well, it wasn't by it wasn't at all the only beer I drank this weekend, but um, I had quite a lot of um, punk IPAs, and this has a very similar flavour to that. It's it's maybe a little more balanced. It's not quite uh, as bitter on the finish, perhaps. Mm. Um, you know, coming in at four percent, it's 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 almost like a lighter version of that, uh, mm. which is nice. I'm getting sort of that kind of you know the the, the flavour combination that even though it's kind of tropical fruits, it almost gives it that kind of nutty sort of okay. flavour. Like sort of but it's piney. nice. Is it, yeah, piney. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and mean, it's it's very easy to drink. Yeah. Really easy to drink. It's um, it actually looks uh, a little more in colour, uh, like a sour. It's really light. Yeah. Really translucent. Um. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Good yeah. head on it as well. So. Good session IPA then. Yeah. Very much. I think this is going to go down really easily. <laughs> Like quite a lot of the beers we drink, I suppose. Yeah, but true. Yes, yeah. yes. 
Should we talk about some games? Or are you gonna you gonna tell us about your flavours, about your ribenas, your vintos? We should talk about some games first. Okay. We'll, we'll, okay. We'll put in a few games and then we'll come back to this. I'll, I'll keep the listeners on their toes. Mm, mm, <laughs> nice, nice. So, I I want to hear about a certain game you've been playing. Oh. All about climbing up a mountain. Oh. Yes. Yeah, tell so me about that. We've been speaking to. Is it Sam on Twitter? Yes, yeah, having good chemistry. Yes, um, about a particular game called Celeste, which mm. came out of nowhere for me. I'm usually, you know, quite focused on the indie scene and what comes out, etc. But this totally caught me by surprise. I think it was um, showcased at, at like the Nintendo's like Nindies um, showcase, like in l- early last year or something. But. Um, Came to Nintendo Switch, came to Xbox, PlayStation, PC, pr- practically everything. Um, but I played it on Nintendo Switch. It is a 2D pixelated platformer. So it's yep. basically my crack cocaine when it comes to the <laughs> game. <laughs> um, everyone has been liking it to Super Meat Boy, just in terms of um, you've got single screen levels, uh, mm-hmm. quick respawns, and... Um, Basically, it's quite difficult. Um, I never really got on with Super Meat Boy. I don't know what it was. I just thought the controls were a bit too slidey and a bit too floaty. But, um, I mean, I play a lot of platformers because it's like my favourite genre. And it's like yeah. I know when a platformer feels good and the controls are just tight and accurate mm-hmm. and specific. And this is that game um, all over. It's got, you know amazingly tight controls and it's it's like every mistake that you make you know it's because of you rather than something to do with the gameplay or the controls or just it's just buttery smooth controls it's it's one of the best platformers in terms of um just how it controls Mm. um it's got a nice little story um you know it deals on you know it touches on themes that you wouldn't really expect from a 2d platformer things like depression and anxiety and mental illness and stuff like that and yeah i think that will resonate with a lot of people as well but um yeah it's a nice story about just this uh girl called girl called uh, madeline and she's climbing up this mountain you don't really know what the context is for why she's there or why she's putting herself through this but um yeah and the story unravels um surrounding her journey and the people she meets etc um but in terms of the gameplay um, it's what you do. It has very simple controls. It's you can jump. There's no run button, but um, there's a dash button. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get across like a a ravine, you can jump and then dash across it as well. And uh, each each set of worlds, I think there's about eight eight worlds or chapters, eight chapters. Um, each has its own different mechanic and. Um, Towards the end of the game, it starts switching them up as well, putting all the mechanics in at the same time. But it stays fresh throughout, just because of these new new mechanics that are put through. That that I put <laughs> sorry that I put through the um. Put, oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't help but laugh. Ben's cat <laughs> just started walking down the stairs. We got the um. 
we've got the baby gate closed at the bottom yeah. so he's just sat there just i imagined him to just start meowing in the background i thought i'll, I'll preempt him i'll get that baby gate open so he can make his escape yeah no sorry you can't just derailed everything i'll say but that's oh well. fine but just just like Adol, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Just basically <laughs> like a new one. But um, uh, where was I? Yeah, it mixes up all these mechanics. Um, yeah, throughout the levels, keeps it really fresh and interesting. But I think Ooh. people. No, there is no mm. but for me. But I oh, think, okay, okay. But the but is that I think people are reticent to play this game because they've heard that it's challenging. They've heard that it's like Super Super Meat Boy. Mm-hmm. But I would say a lot of the difficulty is offset by just how good the controls are. Okay. And also, the, what the developer have, has done. Um, I, I've yet to try some of this out, because I was able to finish the game without any assistive controls or something like that. I'm not trying to brag, but it, it the game isn't that hard to me. I mean, it's like, yeah. you, you'll die several times. I think over the course of the whole game, I probably died like 2,000 times, but... The fact that it's such a quick respawn, and it's, it's it's sort of like a puzzle game. It's like you have to work out how to get through these levels, and once you've worked it out, it's just a, a matter of execution. Sure. And you will get that in time, and and you feel your skills develop um, every single time you play it. And it's like it. I think a lot of people don't realise how much the assisted controls and settings can help them because I think in these controls you can get like a double jump, you can get like mm-hmm. invincibility. Oh really? Yeah, you can get, you can turn I think it's like a on-off switch on all of these different things and it's like these are here to help you. If you, It's not like say Cuphead where it's like nah, there's no help in this. You know, mm, it's either just, you just play pure it brutality or, throughout. Yeah, but whereas with this there's enough of those settings, enough of that help which is really good from the developer because some people just aren't able to play these games. Mm. Whether that's through they're not just that competent as a gamer or it could be, you know, because they have a disability or anything, but they they were able to put in a like a crutch so that people can play this game. I think that's really special. But um, yeah, it's, yeah. A fa- it's a fantastic game. It, I think nice. I think it will be like, up there with one of my games of the year mm. and every mm. time I hear someone talking about it I just want to play it and just want to start speed running through levels and it's surprising how easy the earlier chapters are once you finish the game because there are some ridiculous things towards the um, like latter parts of the game you're just pulling it off like a boss and then go back to the, <laughs> the first chapter and you're like this is this is simple I can do yeah. this within like a minute the whole chapter and it's like yeah it's just really good platformer and you need to buy it you need to try it yeah definitely mm. it's 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 jumped up the list the more everybody's been speaking about it yeah. uh, and like you it for me it just appeared out of nowhere and suddenly everyone was saying how good this game is and it's it's it, it's definitely there on my list of games to to play this year mm-hmm. um and it's nice to know that those little extras to sort of help you out are in there um yeah. as you were saying yeah. some people you know don't play these kinds of games you know fifa might be their game of choice mm-hmm. you know that's the kind of games that they that they choose to play but by having that accessibility yeah uh, those different options in there 
it, it just opens it up to everybody to yeah, be able to play. Sure. And you know, whether you're you know like you competent at sort of two D platformers and you're you're hitting sort of you know really good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know there's there's also a mechanic where you can replay levels. Um, like yeah. a, is it called B sides? Yeah, something yeah, like that. Which are much harder than. Yes. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. I think you have to find mm. like cassette cassette tapes in the world. I haven't done that yet. I'm trying to get all the strawberries uh, right now, but um, more collectibles. Yeah, which are <laughs> the, the, the dev just says straight up these are just collectibles. The, mm. the, there's nothing to them unless you just want to boast to your mates you, you pretty much a moron for getting them all <laughs> they make that clear but even though i know that i'm good with 2d platformers i still was you know a bit wary of it because when people likened it to super meat one i just don't get on with that game mm. i was like hmm do i want it but as soon as i heard about the assist mode i was like yeah I'm, I'll, I'll go in for it because i like finishing these games but mm-hmm. i didn't want something that would you know, gate my progress just because it's too hard. But um, completely. But, I, I, but, but this, I didn't even look at the assist mode. I haven't looked at it yet. I didn't need it yeah. at all. So nice. Yeah. I think it's almost the same. Um, you know, when when I just sat here saying this, uh, just the ticket from Fallen Brewing is reminding me of a Punk IPA, and actually, mm. that might turn people off a little bit right. from this yeah. beer. And actually, it's doing a little bit more. You know, the more I drink it, the more the citrus is coming through. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got that very slight bitterness to it, and it yeah. is a very light beer, very easy to drink. You know, it's maybe not got quite that hoppy hit um, that a, that sort of a punk does. And, you know, Brewdog have done very well at making something like Punk or Dead Pony Club or something as a like an in beer for mm. a lot of people. You know, something that's available loads of places um, for people to be able to sort of get into the craft beer scene through those kinds of beers. Mm-hmm. Actually, we are, I think Adel and I had. Um, what used to be called Big Bang by Good Chemistry, they had to change the name. They changed the um, f- changed the the recipe slightly, and it became Steady State. Okay. And actually, that's got some similar notes as well to that. Mm-hmm. But actually, when we were drinking Steady State, uh, you know, we thought that it was just much better in terms of its balance, and it was doing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But it still had those kind of similar notes to a Punk IPA. But by comparing it to a punk IPA, you almost felt like you were doing it almost a bit of a disservice. Yeah. yeah. And I think the more I drink this, just the ticket, the more I feel like that as well. Yeah. Actually, there is more going on in this mm-hmm. than the kind of the initial, you know, quarter of your glass actually yeah. gives you. So yeah, there, there's there's that kind of danger that we <laughs> sort of say, oh, what's it like? Well, it's like mm-hmm. this. It's like this that you may have had before. Mm. And you know, someone's going to say, "Oh, yeah, I, you know, I really like that. This, this sounds really good." Or, yeah. mm, "No, I'll, I'll stay away from it." When <laughs> actually, yes, it has certain elements of that, but it does other things, and it mm. does other things better as well. Yeah, in a way. So, yeah. yes, I think I'll, I'll have to be careful about how I <laughs> describe my beers. Yeah, because um, I think there's been like, not to get too off topic, but I think Beer Dogs, uh, Brew Dogs, uh, latest beer. I think they, I think it's a in indie pay, pale ale. It's called not an India pale ale, but an indie pale ale. And I think there's been quite a bit of a stir about this beer because it just tastes horrible. Oh, really? It's very much like <laughs> you know the stuff that Brewdog originally tries to get away from, like mass yeah. market watered down 
in inverted commas, pale ales with basically no hops in it. I think they're coming in mm. a bit of fire for that. But um, So, yeah, I think Brewdog. Say beer tastes like a Brewdog beer is very, very controversial at this time. <laughs> it, it, I suppose it is, and it probably is for, for quite a lot of our listeners, I, pose, I mm. suppose, maybe the more discerning beer drinker. But actually, if I said to a, a ton of my friends mm. that this beer was like a punk IPA, that would lead a load of them to go and pick it up. Yeah, it's just true. So, but, yeah, you just got to play to your audience, I guess. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And saying just... um, saying Celeste is like... Super Meat Boy. Uh, yeah. uh, Super Meat Boy. Yeah, it's you know, because that game's, you know, critically lauded and everything. Yeah, it's it just is. Like, it just yeah. wasn't for me. So, yeah, I completely yeah. get that sentiment. That's fair. But um, quickly, my beer. Yes, yes, the raspberries. Yeah, the ra- it's a lot of raspberries. Um, it, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't... I think it's a great sour beer. Yep. Very great sour beer. It's um, it's very fruity. You can definitely taste the raspberry, and it's got a slight sourness. Um, it's mm-hmm. not overpoweringly sour. Um, but I'm not really getting where the IPA is. Okay. As such, I'm getting a bit of bitterness on the back end, but I don't know if that's kind of like the grapefruit sourness that we always allude to which is like not sourness um bitterness um, bitterness which is yeah like, yeah if it tastes fruity and it's bitter as well then we just always say it's like grapefruit <laughs> i don't know if, it, <laughs> if i'm getting that or if it is actually bitterness from whatever hops that we're putting here it's not too hoppy it's quite smooth and mm. you know not flat but there's no there's no effervescence to it or anything so it's very much like a sour beer and it's i think it's a great sour beer yeah, it's just this little bitterness that's hanging on. I don't know if that's part of the IPA or not. It's a bit strange, but I actually really like this beer. So nice. Yeah, I'm glad it's turned mm. out for the best, even if Good. it's not a sour IPA. <laughs> yes, yeah, I did um, on my short adventure to Londis looking at beers, they did have a few from Buxton in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was things like the, uh, is it the Kingslayer and Axe Edge? Um, Sounds familiar, and a, yes. Yeah, and a couple of their um, sort of, their core beers, mm. their standard beers. Uh, but yeah, I did have a look just in case they stocked a sour from them, but mm-hmm. they didn't. They didn't have any in. I, I, I was trying to see if I could join you in the, yeah. uh, the sour <laughs> IPA dream this evening, but no... Never mind. Eh? Yes, yes. I am going to drink another beer in a minute, which is a um, uh, a mashup of two different styles. Yeah. One of our favourite mashups as well. Ooh. So we, we should I should reveal all later. Yeah, I hope it's a black IPA. It is a black IPA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll reveal. I'll reveal it now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't finished this one yet. So. Um, I've got a couple of games I've been playing. Mm. One which is a remake, which I, I, you know, which everyone's talking about at the moment because it's absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a big fan of remakes. Um, they serve a purpose. They do, yeah, definitely. Um, and the other is, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it, but I can't. <laughs> it's blood. The other one's Bloodborne. Okay, yeah. It, it's, it's hard as balls. Yes. But it's not Dark yes. Souls. <laughs> Absurd, not quite Dark Souls. Absurdly mm. gothic aesthetic. 
Um, it's kind of Dark Souls, but a little bit sped up. I'll talk about Bloodborne. There we go. Let's just yeah, jump yeah. into it. Um, it. It is hard as balls. Um, it's kind of a third-person action game set in a, a, a gothic world, and you're basically mm-hmm. walking around the streets fighting monsters to get to bosses to be able to defeat lots and lots of bosses. And the whole point of this, the, the, the Dark Souls, Demon Souls, and the, the Bloodborne games is these epic boss fights. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing I will say for Bloodborne is that the, the levels are crafted superbly. The way that they... The way that they direct you through a level to get to a certain point where you uh, the level kind of then opens up to you a little bit and the the path forward isn't always isn't always signposted the best so you know lots of uh, there's a couple of different ways to be able to go and one might take you to a boss one might just take you to a load of rock hard enemies and just take you a little bit further on to find an item or something like that um i think for the first couple of hours i i just I couldn't figure out my way around it and I was just sort of exploring and I'd get lost a little bit and suddenly I'd fall down into the sewers and have to fight my way out of the sewers to get back to the streets to then be able to go and fight the boss and stuff. And I got, by the, by the end of maybe a four hour kind of jaunt with the game, I'd figured out where I was, how I could get back around to uh, the bonfires, which are kind of, um, they're like the save points, you know. Oh, not bonfires, that was Dark Souls. Uh, the lanterns. Right. Um, you go back to a lantern and it takes you to somewhere else where you can level up and you can buy equipment um, and then go back to you know, the lantern within the, the city um, to go back on your, your journey. Um, the nice thing that it does is that every time you go to a lantern, you go to this other plane. Once you come back, every single enemy has respawned. So you've got to fight your way through the streets again. God. I it's think like, this it's is like all the uh, old school two D games. Like once you went onto the one screen, went back, yep. and went back. Yep. It's like yeah, all the enemies are here. Completely, <laughs> completely, and it 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 definitely. Um, you, you, I, I suppose the thing is, once you're playing it, you're constantly thinking about it. Mm. So you, you round a corner and you know that an enemy is coming at you just from behind a bunch of boxes or something from the left. <laughs> and then there's three enemies down the end of this street. And then you get to the, the bonfire and there's a little patrol mm. there. And then there's you know ten enemies and you can see their different pathing to be able to get through. Mm-hmm. So actually each time you go to these areas, your run through it becomes a little bit easier, it becomes a little bit quicker. And a lot of the time, you can just run past them just so they're not they're not that quick and they yeah. don't follow you for you know any kind of extended distance mm-hmm. uh, it, it's almost like once you've moved to the next screen except you go through there's no, there's no loading in it but you go through a portcullis or through a door or something and they'll just think oh fuck him I, you know we'll go back <laughs> to just waving our torches in the air and <laughs> sort of knocking on people's doors mm-hmm. and things uh, but I, I defeated the first boss, oh, well and I defeated the first boss first time. Yeah, but I think that's because I'd spent about four hours just going around mm. doing stuff. Um, and there's there's a mechanic where you can't level up until you I can't remember what it's called, but basically the bosses drop 
something. It's kind of, uh, I think it's called Essence or something like that. Um, And you can't level up until you've got one of these. But actually, I found an item which gives you one just just randomly. Um, So I popped that and realized that I had all of these souls to be able to trade in Hmm. and just leveled up a ton. And I don't know whether that made the first boss any easier or whether actually it was it was just maybe because it's the first boss it's it's a little easier just to ease no, you into it well that's true that's true uh but it's an odd one because i hit the first boss mm-hmm. and actually he's at a dead end so you've just got to backtrack through everything anyway to be able to find where the second boss is um but this is almost where my journey has ended because I've hit the. I've tried this second boss about fifteen times, and I can get it down to maybe thirty percent health, twenty percent health, and then he transforms, and just becomes about five times quicker and just <laughs> destroys me every single time. So I've put it down, and I've cried a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, tried again, and I, mean, I cried some yeah, more. Yeah, I've always respected the Souls game. Uh, very 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 far distance mm. i mean i i like what they're doing and i think like bloodborne especially like the monster designs and the whole victorian gothic mm-hmm. london or whatever it's set in it's just so fascinating and i'd love to experience that but i'd have to like put it in like a developer god mode and just basically put my character there and just like oh i just want to see here i'll just go there like sort of like assassin's creed um, origins with the discovery mode. Yes. But, um, because the the worlds are fascinating, and um, but it's just the combat and the brutal difficulty and stuff that's not in your control. It's just like it's not for me. It's like I respect people who like that, but I'm just not someone who wants to put six hundred hours into a game just failing over and over and over and over again. Feels like yeah. I'm being punished, and I don't like that in games it's like reward me for my progress don't just have some skeleton kick me in the back you know around a corner into a sewer of rats that kill me immediately <laughs> completely and i think that's the thing for me i've i don't have the time to bash my head against this mm. uh, there's loads of other games to play yeah there's too many. And, and there is too many and my my gaming time is is getting shorter and shorter yeah. sort of each each month you know mm. Uh, Kim stays up a little bit longer each night. Uh, I want to go to bed a little bit earlier each night, and suddenly I find myself with maybe just thirty minutes of an evening yeah. to play. And Celeste for my th- would be great for that. It would. It would. <laughs> um, and actually, uh, the other game, Shadow of the Colossus, yeah. I've been playing, is great for that as well. Okay. Um, if it's not in a similar kind of vein to Bloodborne, almost. Um, but I'll get into that in a minute. Because I'm out of beer. I'm ready for another. I think I can move on as well. Yeah? Yeah. You sure? Let's I'm do sure. it. Cool. I'm positive. It was a very nice beer and it went down way too easily. Mm. Sour and the 7% beer. Just went down. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's when suddenly you start to feel it and you think, oh, <laughs> I absolutely nailed that one. Didn't, yeah. didn't, take the, didn't get the 7% off of it at all. <laughs> yeah. And it's Monday morning and I will be flat out by, <laughs> by like 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, completely. Um, the second beer I'm drinking is from a brewery I hadn't heard of before. 
Uh, I don't know how long they've been around. I think in the Londis they had maybe four, four mm. different beers. Um, but the one I picked, this is, so it's from First Chop, and it's the Sill, a black IPA, six point two percent. All of their beers very proudly put on the label that they're certified gluten free. Uh, but again, you don't get a huge amount of flavour text. Nothing about the beer itself. Mm-hmm. Um, they just say our gluten-free beer is small batch produced in the traditional manner using the finest ingredients. We only remove the gluten. Uh, but first shop, uh, Manchester, Manchester-based brewery. So yeah, Black IPA, six point two percent. Sweet, very nice. Have you had anything from first shop before? No, never, never heard of no? them until today. So mm. this is new for everyone. It's almost as if we're we're taking triannuary. Yeah. Continuously through the year, I suppose. It's February. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Except we're not I did try to. Anything. No, I did try to work out how I could fit try into mm. February, and for about thirty seconds, thought there's no, there's no way I can get that in there. There's no way. No, ain't happening. Ain't happening. Uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a weird beard beer, Shakara, because mm. I've had weird beard probably. Like five times in the last six podcasts or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can't get enough of their beers. And it is called a safe stout, which is a chokeberry stout. They had a beer. I think it was a choke. I think it was just called Safe Word. And I think it was a, a chokeberry. Was it a sour or was it an IPA? But um, I think this is just a novel use of, uh, of the chokeberry in one of their mm. beers. Um, it's seven point seven percent. It's a lot of flavour text, but I'll just read a little excerpt of it. This is oh here we go. This is an evolution on our chokeberry IPA. Uh, safe word. You have the same punchy chokeberry delivering tart red fruit notes with juicy mosaic hops to play with the Avernia's bitter- bitterness. I guess that's I don't know. Is that the fancy name for a chokeberry? Like I have the no idea. Latin name, God knows. And to complement the citrus, melting your mouth chocolate and the silky mouthfeel delivers ongoing sweetness to bring your senses alive. Ooh. Ooh. If my I don't senses know what... aren't feeling alive, I'll get a refund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just throw the bottle through the window. It's like, no. <laughs> I don't even know what a chokeberry is. Uh, I think there's another word for it. It's more common. It's, it's a berry. It's, a, it's one That's of some kind of dark berry. red fruits, yeah. It's some kind of berry. They're all the same at the end of the day. Shouldn't discriminate. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. If you're a berry, you're a berry. Yes, yes. If you're red, um, if you're black, if you're blue, equal opportunities. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> How's your black IPA? Looks very well, much like a stout from here. I would tell you um, how it is, but half of my glass is head. Mm, very, that, is, that is frothed up very to lively. absolutely no yeah. end. Um, I've poured mm, maybe four-fifths of the can. There's only a, a bit of slush in the bottom there. But, yeah... The head just grows and grows and grows. Um, mm. I mean, yeah, it's completely black. It's, it's. I'm not seeing through that whatsoever. It looks very 
it looks carbonated um, from the, the head that I'm getting, but there's no sort of, um, there's no fizz, if you know what I mean. Mm. So there's a big head, but there's nothing that's, that's sort of, there's no Ooh. almost carbonation sort of popping off. Is that probably of just the, the yeast the that's done that? Just, it could be, just yeah. A bit yeah. Not... Might just be sort of, I, I poured it a little too quickly Yeah. Uh, at the start of the, um, at the start of the pour. Too um, eager. But it smells nice. It's got sort of roasted notes. Maybe, maybe a little coffee. There's something else in there which I'm not quite picking out. Like I can pick it out, but I can't identify it. Um, mm. But it's got a lovely smell. I'll tell you how it tastes in about five minutes when the <laughs> yeah. fucking heads disappeared. Yeah, mine pretty much looks the same as yours. Very, very deep. Uh, in fact, it's, I think it's basically black. Very mm. little light bleed. Um, but yeah, it looks like a stout, as you'd expect from a choke berry stout. Um, the head is uh, just off-white, slightly brown, doing a much better job at staying quite low. Yeah. Unlike yours, but um, <laughs> smell, getting a lot of uh, chocolate, like very dark malts as well. Mm. Very rich. So yeah, it smells like a stout. I can't smell any chokeberry at the moment. I guess that'll come with the taste. Yeah, hopefully that comes through a little bit more in the in the flavour. Um. Um, I'm tasting a lot of the uh, chocolate at the moment. Yeah. I'm not sure if I can taste the. Uh, chokeberries just as of yet it, I'm not saying that in the um, chokeberry IPA you could definitely get a sense of the, the berries in that the dark um, red fruits in that not sure if I'm getting it much in this I'll, I'll keep drinking it but it's very very likely that the uh, like darker malts and the uh, chocolate malts have overpowered the chokeberry yeah mm. Mm. but we'll see give it some time I, I guess that's it, isn't it? Like yeah. the the other beers that we drink, you sort of after sort of half the beer, you, you're suddenly getting a little bit more from it, aren't you? And those the flavour profile yeah. sort of opens up a little bit more. Um, yes, I have I have tried to sup from my glass, <laughs> tried to get through this this head. I got a little bit. Um, it's it's got kind of like the viscosity uh, of an IPA. Mm-hmm. It's it's got that sort of very very light bitterness to it. Um, but it's really dry. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of, of coffee coming through on there. Uh, it, sort of a, a, a roasted coffee flavour completely. And that stays a lot in the um, in the flavour throughout. And even though my mouth's almost completely dried out, mm-hmm. I'm, I've still got that flavour there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it hasn't diminished whatsoever. Mm. That is That is a big a big flavor which sticks with me and i only had a, a sip of oh, this okay. i didn't take much back from it at all yeah um hopefully this head disappears a little bit and if i can take a bigger swig i might be able to get something mm. something else from it but i'll try and swirl it and get the head <laughs> to fuck off yeah it's not going anywhere let's just let's just see i'll get yeah. get it all over my nose now <laughs> i must say that my beer it is very easy drinking for a 7.7 percent yeah uh, beer and it's 
I've had a lot of imperial stouts lately because it's you know recording this in uh, February. It's still a bit cold. Mm-hmm. What a yeah. nice stout to keep you warm. Um, this is like really good middle of the range stout. I mean, some of them that are like lower ABV, they feel a bit watery and not as comforting and not as uh, full as you'd expect from a stout. And well, imperial stout, you probably just be on the floor after two. Um, yeah, eleven percent, but. Uh, yeah, this one is a good middle of the range stout. You're getting all those good. comforting and the fullness of like a stout, but it's not it's not heavy. It's not heavy on your stomach, mm. and it's not you know causing you to tip over after a few seconds. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good, but um, still not getting much of the choke berry. But we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, I did take a bigger swig, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting much more than the than that coffee flavour really. Yeah. That 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 is that is a big that's a big coffee flavour, which mm. is nice. I love coffee. Yeah. I enjoy I enjoy coffee in my beers. Um but being a black IPA rather than a, a, a you know, having this flavour profile within a stout, it mm. is a little bit lighter. Uh, the viscosity's not there. It's yeah. a little bit sort of watery or more 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 watery than a um yeah. than a stout would be. Um but even with with IPAs, you mm-hmm. do get a little bit of viscosity to them, yeah. um, and this is kind of maybe a little a little weaker than those as well. Right, um, okay. So I think they've kind of by trying to push this this coffee into there, it's 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 almost wet as you're drinking it. Yeah. So, um, so, so but it, it instantly dries out. Hmm. Is it hoppy at all? I know that you said that there wasn't much carbonation. Is it? Do you get any hoppiness? Do you get? Because every time I think of a black IPA, I think it's it, it, it has that chocolate and coffee malt of a stout, but mm. the mouthfeel of the body is very much an IPA. Does it have yeah, any there's to yes, yeah. There, mm. There's a little bit, and you get it sort of. You kind of get it right at the end of the. You get it right at the end of your sip, just mm. as you've. Just as it's, you've swallowed all of it, mm. there is that slight hoppiness. It's not hugely bitter; it's a little bitter. Yeah. But it kind of merges then into this, or it melds into this big coffee flavour. And because your mouth is dried out, that is what you're left with. Yeah. So that kind of any any essence of the hops is is gone yeah, just really quickly yeah, it, yeah. it goes so quickly um mm. but it is there it is there and if you're looking for it you will find it mm-hmm. um you know if I, you can sort of keep this in your mouth a little bit longer yeah and it it, it, it is there yeah um but yeah that coffee just dries it yeah. out Blind just dries it out you, so you much i think it's immediately a stout i um I think maybe because of the viscosity or mm. the lack of viscosity to it, yeah. you'd, you'd you'd question, question yourself it, for yeah. maybe thirty seconds. But yeah, I, I think you'd, you'd <laughs> firmly put your finger on stout for yeah. this. Yeah, Fair, so, yeah. yeah. But it's well, good. It, if it's, it's still good. Then you know, mm. it's what matters. Doesn't matter if yeah. it completely matches the uh, description. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Right. Completely. I have. Um, I do play few more games yeah um, which I, I will lightly touch upon before you speak about Shadow of the Colossus oh uh, just because I, I found that were pretty good and I think they um you know deserve a uh, deserve a shout out 
Might yeah. speak too much on them um, because I've been cranking out these games. I've been playing quite a few. Mm. Um, but the first is called the Red Strings Club. It's a, oh, I've seen I've that seen on it. Steam. Mm. Yeah, I really want that. I, yeah. I it added it to my wish list almost instantly oh, after watching the trailer. Yeah, good. It's um, it's very striking just from that trailer. Mm. It's, the, uh, it's very evocative uh, pixel art. It's yeah. basically set in a cyberpunk dystopian future, sort of like Blade Runner. Um, mm. But yeah, it's made by a Spanish team called Deconstruct Team. Um, they made Gods Will Be Watching, which was hit and miss for some people. Some people thought it was, you know... It was a point-and-click adventure, but it was basically choice and sacrifice. These very set, um, like scenarios, like if you're trapped in a cave, do you give people oxygen? Do you get people to mm-hmm. dig out the uh, dig the rocks out so you can escape? Do you feed oxygen to this thing that's um, this robot that's providing oxygen or something? But you know, it was, it was very self-contained, like little scenarios, little levels, about six within the whole game. Whereas um, the Red Strings Club, it's like a, it's just one ongoing narrative. Yeah. Um, it very much touches on like cyberpunk, cyberpunk themes like AI and you know security versus surveillance and should this um, massive Google slash Amazon megacorp be in control of what people think, what people believe, mm. etc. And um. It's, it's a point-and-click adventure. There's a few uh, sort of mini-games that you play, um, but I think those take a backseat to the actual narrative that it tries to tell. Um, it, it's slightly choice-based, but I think everyone will basically come to the same conclusion, so it's like a telltale game, you know. There's a few different options in between, but ultimately you're going to reach the same path. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really well-written, you know, superbly written for... I don't know if the team are, you know, I think I did watch a documentary about them, but I mean, English is not their first language, and yet I think probably just the localization on this game is fantastic, and it really makes you think about these themes and question yourself and question your morals, and um, mm. yeah, it's got amazing pixel art as well, so definitely check that out if you're into, if you're just looking for like a three, four hour, like narrative experience. That will make you think. That will make you question yourself. Um, yeah, definitely check this out. Came out a few weeks ago. And I think it's about it's about ten pounds or something. Yeah, um, mm. I I I thought I'd just have a I just jumped on the Steam to have a look because I remember mm. um, that I get a better because I own Gods Will Be Watching. Oh, okay. If you try and buy the bundle, so you can buy Gods Will Be Watching and Red Strings Club together. Yeah. And if you buy them together, you get a 25% discount. So because I already own Gods Will Be Watching, which is $14.99, Red Strings Club is $11.39. Bit of an odd price, but there you go. Uh, So actually, it would only cost me like £8.50. That's ace. That's really good. So if if you've played Gods Will Be Watching and you enjoyed it and it's in your Steam library, you can go to Steam now Mm. and you can get a discount on this game. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's really good, you know? Like, yeah. Um, I mean, I think Gods Will Be Watching was like a proof of concept of what that team was capable of. Mm. And I think uh, Red Strings Club, I think 
I sort of wanted them to expand on this world that they created because it's very rich and it's very detailed and it's like yeah. you're only in it takes place in mainly in this club you, you're basically this patron of this club and he's mixing cocktails that bring out different emotions in um like the the, the visitors the the clients and it's like you're yeah. trying to get information out of these people you're an information broker and all these different cocktails uh elicit different feelings and will get them to say different things and it's mostly set in this club but the world building in in terms of the narrative it really creates this really interesting world and you know like like cyberpunk's been done over and over again but i think this has a new and refreshing take on it and it's it's definitely worth your time don't let the price or you know the gods will be watching either even if you didn't like that game don't let that you know kind of kind of cloud your judgment because this is something new it's something fresh and it's do still you, nice hmm? do you think uh I, I, we spoke earlier about not trying to compare it to other not trying to yeah. compare things to other things but um I, I was almost kind of interested in this because it kind of gave me a similar kind of vibe in terms of narrative and what you were doing to subsurface circular. Yeah. But it was I, trying I to do narrative in a slightly different yeah. way. Um, completely. Yeah. completely. That's such a good analogy because subsurface circular has that whole AI, what does it mean to be human mm. and whole moral compass thing in that. So yeah, I think that's a really good um, you know, parallel to the Red Strings Club, I think, spot on. Because that takes place just in one setting, and this takes place yes. in, yeah. I think, three settings, and it's like, yeah, completely. If you, I mean, you loved Subsurface. Uh, so I did, it was yeah. Like your top ten list last year, or top it five. Was. Well, yeah, it was in my top five, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you, you'd really enjoy this. I think it's very, it's, it's very heady, and it's very, there's a message that it wants to say, and it gets that across really well, and it requires you to think, it requires you to question yourself and question your morals. And another game that makes you do that Ooh. is Orwell, which is a game I've wanted to play since it came out in November 2016. It was late 2016. Mm. And it's basically you are a investigator um, surveilling, uh, surveying different people who could be linked to like a terrorist attack. Um, the game opens with a bombing and you have to basically intercept information from these people, whether that's from their social media, hacking into their mobile phones, their yeah. desktop computers. It's at the time that this came out, um, and you think just after the election and everything, <laughs> don't go into mm. that so much, but I think I think I didn't want to play it then because everything was a bit too close to home. So I was yeah. like, you know, what, I'll put this off. I'll play this another time. And hey, presto, <laughs> 2017 didn't get any better. But, um, I saw the developer teasing that they're basically going to reveal their their follow up to the game. Um, the first game was over five chapters, and that was a conclusive story in there. But um, they're going into a new game. Don't know what that's going to be about, but they're teasing it at the moment. So I was like, you know, I've been putting it off. I'm going to play it, and yeah, it's it's really good. It's just about it's very simple mechanics of surveying different people mm -hmm. and their lives, and it's all a question of how intrusive is this? Is this necessary? 
what information am I going to give to other people who actually take action on these decisions? And it's a really interesting story. So, yeah. So how how do you do that? How do you give people the, or how do you take the information? Is it do you, are you presented with like somebody's phone and you have to mm. do some actions to then be able to hack into it and yeah, it's, it's then it's, taken away from your screen, sort of thing? It's very, it's very guided. It's very limited because you basically get um, so you're looking at someone's Facebook page and it highlights for you the relevant details that mm. are of interest so something where someone says oh my favourite uh, favourite food is chocolate or something, that's not necessary but when mm-hmm. it says oh their date of birth is this, this is where they're from these are conversations with people who might be other people of interest like their family members their yeah, their boyfriend, yeah. their past band members or something like that so it highlights the information for you and then you basically drop and drag it onto that person's profile so you're basically building up a profile for each of these suspects and that unravels in various different ways and how they're all connected and it's the underlying mystery to it all of who actually committed these bombings and mm. you know it's like how do you discern between someone who's just a someone who's you know has a certain political slant from a raging fanatic who yeah. wants to you know enact violence on people so yeah it's really interesting really and there's a lot of I won't mention what I do for a job because that wouldn't be good but there's a lot of parallels for what I actually do in my day-to-day life and I found that quite interesting so yeah yeah nice. I, I snoop I, on you I snoop on yeah. you <laughs> You know exactly what every single listener drinks (laughs) at all times. Yes, yes. Mm. I mean, like you said, it's it's really interesting point of view to be able to uh, you know adopt within the kind of current climate, um, and to be able to sort of see how well you would be able to do this kind of thing, Mm -hmm. Um, and how easy it may be to like misjudge somebody or take the wrong information and use that. And that then rolls into, you know, your your final conclusion sort of thing. Yeah. And it's just completely wrong. Yeah, exactly. Because you've, yeah. you've, you've just, you know, you've read, misread the situation or you've misread some information. Yeah, it's fascinating. Like something that's as innocuous as, you know, saying, oh, to your best friend, like, oh, why are you torturing me um, showing pictures of something I like on Facebook or something? And then, then considering that as... Why would this person like torture? What is wrong with them? Are they mentally yeah. unstable or something? Yeah, just taken out of context, and it's fascinating how much of our lives is on the internet and how Completely. anything could be taken out of context if if someone's looking into it. But, um, yeah, what one game I will not spend any time on. Oh, but it's called Bring You Home. I, I've been championing a game called Lovey to Bits on iOS. Mm. Over the last few years, it came out in 2016. It was one of my top games that year. Um, they had a follow-up. It just got released out of nowhere. Um, and it's basically kind of like framed in the fact that you're switching different panels and seeing different outcomes. Mm-hmm. Animation is fantastic. There's a lot of love put into this game. Check it out. It's from a light studio. Bring you home. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I have to see if it's on Android as well. I don't think so. Because that's the inferior <laughs> platform. Going to that. Well, it seems to be for for game developers actually yeah. bringing their their games. Everything that's sort of uh, classed as let's say mobile mm-hmm. or a mobile game 
always seems to come to iOS it does. first. Yeah, and one of the topics that I do want to speak about in the next few episodes is um, just the state of mobile gaming. Yeah, so yeah. Touch, because I find it very interesting at the moment. Because yeah. Apple have allowed you to pre-order games on um, iOS, and there are so many games that used to be console only. Uh, just porting over to iOS. That's very true. I mean, we, we do get that on we do get that on Android quite a lot mm. as well. Suddenly, yeah. you you do see a port, um, and even games as big as Final Fantasy Fifteen, yeah. which has just released a like a mobile Pocket version edition. of yeah. it. Pocket Edition. That's right. Yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah, and I know it'd be good to uh, good to discuss it with Adel as well because he yeah, he's been playing a lot of mobile games yeah, uh, more recently. Canada that's, and stuff, exactly. Yeah. That's been his sort of jam for uh, for a little while. So yeah, nice. Uh, a good topic for maybe next on, week. And I want to hear about <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Did you play it back in the day? Or? I, I did, mm. but it's almost the same um, to me as like Akami HD in that I rented it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you can actually go to a shop and rent some when games. Blockbuster was still around. Well, we didn't have, did we have a Blockbuster? We had a Blockbuster, but mm-hmm. not until like later. So really? we used to have it. We used to have a newsagent's. Okay. Up the road, which hmm. started, it started off as a, a like a video rental shop, and very quickly turned into a DVD rental shop, yeah. and then they put a, a small room out the back. It's almost like as for if you're nerds. going into like the porno <laughs> fucking section, isn't it? Like, but it was just full of games. It was for the nerds. Keep the um, nerds at the back. No it, yeah, yeah. You. <laughs> just walk straight through. Yeah. Go and grab your games. Disappear. Um, but yeah, the same as Akami H, uh, not Akami HD. The same as Akami. Mm-hmm. It was a game that I rented for. You know, you could take these out for maybe three, four days, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as a kid, gaming wasn't just the only thing I was doing. So it might be that you know, then I would play for maybe an hour, and I, there was a very definitive point in Akami that I knew I'd hit, mm-hmm. and that was where I stopped playing. Whereas with Shadow of the Colossus. I, I know I did the first Colossus. Yeah. Uh, I then got to the second one and thought, yep, yeah, I've definitely done this. Mm. I don't think I've played any more than that. Oh, okay. Then I got to the third and I thought, yeah. oh, no, I, I've done this. So it's brand new for you, which is kind of exciting at the same time. So. Well, it is because I think I've just, I think I've done six Colossi now. And 15 or something? Uh, the 16. Oh, 16. 16. Yeah. Um, so I think I've done, I've, I've, I've done six and I remember elements of the fifth, and I and I cannot remember whether it's because I got that far when I rented it, mm. or if it's just I've seen so much of this game <laughs> that I know like what, what is do, coming, yeah. what to do in parts of it. Um, you know, it, it's updated graphics from the original, and mm. uh, the original was a it was a beautiful example of how to use light. Uh, in a very sort of restricted, mm. um, you know, restricted graphics. Yeah. Um, you know, they're trying to do what the system could do, but that yeah, kind of like that play of light. PS2, wasn't it? It was PS2, PS2 yeah. PS2, 2005 yeah. or something like that. Ooh, yeah, 2005, maybe 2006, perhaps. Yeah, no. well, yeah maybe 2005. 2006, I'd imagine 2005. Yeah, maybe 2005, 2004, something like that. Yeah. Um, but... The updated graphics 
you know, it, it helps playing a game with updated graphics mm-hmm. these days versus playing something which is janky, jagged. Yeah. Um, and you know, it you know, it was never pixel art. It's not the kind of you know retro games we get mm-hmm. these days, which which are very much chosen to be that because people can do some fantastic things with pixel art these days. Uh, it, it you know they were trying to get the not the best graphics they could for the time, but good graphics. Uh, yeah, they were for pushing the, time. the hardware for sure. They were, yeah, they were. Because it's got an uh, open world, even though it's very sparse. Exactly. But yes. open world on PS2, unless mm-hmm. you're a rock star, is kind of impressive, you know. It is. It is. Mm. Um, I I think I said earlier it's quite like Bloodborne in the fact mm. that you basically the only thing you're doing in it is traversing the open world, looking for these colossi looking for these giant bosses to be able to take down. Um, and if you listen to anybody else talking about Shadow of the Colossus, they'll tell you that it's tinged with sadness every time you take down one of these colossi. And and the, the game murder. does... Yes, yeah, the game does push that because it, the, the music changes uh, okay. and you get these sad refrains uh, from the music and stuff to sort of say, like, what have you done? And, and those kinds of things. And... It's it's just very epic in its scale. Um, the graphics do, as I say, the graphics do help, but it looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm only playing this on um, on a standard PS4, not on the Pro. Mm-hmm. But even on there, it's one of the best looking games. That's just crazy to me. Um, like, it, it was made by Bluepoint Games. Did yeah. They literally build this from the ground up to get it that pretty. I, I think the way the, the way they the way they did it was I think they mm. like re- almost reverse engineered the original right. and and built on it even though it's kind of built from the ground up yeah. for PS4 they've kind of taken what was already there analyzed it and used that as then a base without kind of using it as the yeah. base, if you know what I mean. Um, I don't get game development. I don't know how games are made. I just think it, people go copy, file, save as, and stuff like that. <laughs> it, it's, 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 16-bit it's, colours rather than 8-bit yeah, colours. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. got to be some some machine that they just feed an idea into, and it just pops out on the other side of a game, because yeah. I don't understand these things. Just, just like Family Guy episodes, isn't it? It's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some get dolphins or manatees, manatees or whatever they are popping out ill. ideas. Yeah, yeah, completely. But yeah, I, I, it's it's drawn me away from Bloodborne mm. completely. Yeah. Um, I have absolutely no desire to go back to Bloodborne whilst I'm still playing Shadow of the Colossus. Mm. Um, Bloodborne is is brilliant, and as I say, it 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 crafts its world excellently yeah. and the the level design the way that they've uh, they've created these paths and how they will interlink and stuff is done so well but just the idea that Shadow of Colossus is this massive open world and you just have to kind of find where your mm. colossi are you're guided a little bit you, you can stick your sword in the air like fucking what's his face Conan. from Thundercats Lion O <laughs> And, uh, yeah. and it it points uh, points in li- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seven things you didn't know about Thundercats. Yeah. Uh, it points a, a light in the general direction of where you've got to go, mm-hmm. um, and you know each of the colossi are completely different and they play differently. You've got to do sort of 
different things to be able to get to the the kill point on each of them to be able to actually strike them yeah. and stuff and they they kind of they all stick in my memory mm. um the, even the first time they sort of rise from the ground or they appear from wherever they they've come from you're you're instantly hit by the just the sheer scale yeah. of them and that you're this kind of tiny lad Mm. you know trying to fight a giant yeah like an an epic ancient giant that you know will destroy you yeah it's um, sort, of, sort of like what god of war did after this was like the the foundation of that just massive huge colossi to battle upon battle yeah. upon yeah yeah, yeah completely completely mm. um and you know you've got some platforming in there as well. You've you've got to be able to make your way up mm-hmm. this this colossi to be able to get to that kill point. Um, but it does it so well, and yeah. you know we know that PlayStation absolutely nailed the 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 first half of last year by releasing Horizon, you know, so yeah. early on. Yeah, and yeah Neo <laughs> as well. Almost almost the kind of. Um, Dark Souls-esque type uh, mm. game where you're fighting through Samurai. to get to, to sort of like the boss battles and things like that. Um, but yeah, they, they absolutely nailed it. And even now, mm-hmm. you know, God of War is coming out in yeah. in a few months' time. But to open the year up with a Shadow of the Colossus remake is mm. absolutely superb. Yeah, and, it's, and it's definitely right for it, fit for the start of the year. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully they can keep up the momentum. Completely to then lead in to their sort yeah. of their new exclusives. Uh, yeah, they've they've started this year off really well. Yeah, I mean, Shadow of Colossus. I completely passed on that. I mean, it came out in like two thousand five, six. I was at the age where I really didn't care about video games. Um, I went through a massive lull between like two thousand and four to like two thousand and nine, ten, eleven, mm. or something like that. So. A massive gap in like my knowledge because stuff like beer was more important. Yeah, I mean yeah. it still is, but you know I have to keep up appearances. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, completely passed the boat on that one. Um, what everyone's saying about it, um, and it seems like my kind of game, just like very non-taxing kind of puzzle game, which is big on like a nondescript story and you know it's quite melancholy and thoughtful yeah so i do want to check it out but oh sony why do you make your remasters like 30 pounds i'm just never gonna pay for that yeah Yeah, i i actually um i got it for eight pounds oh uh, so because I, tra- I yeah completely i <laughs> traded in um yeah. a few games which i know i'm not gonna play yeah. anymore um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I can't try that. That's adults. I can't. I can't right. give that away. You still can. <laughs> I could. I could. Yeah. He's not going to play it. Be so. a terrible friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did I trade in? I can't remember what I traded in now. Uh, oh, the division, which I know I'm never going back to. Did um, not know you owned that. Right. Yes. Did not know yes. you ever played that. Um, Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh really? Which I had on disc. Um, which I think like- is. In my PSN or my PS Plus library now, oh, so yeah, I that's thought, true, that's true. you know, yeah. get that rid of that. That seems like a game you can always go back to. There's always more stuff. So. Completely, yeah, completely. PS Plus. But yeah, that I think sense. I got, I got maybe 
like three quid for both for each of those. Uh, but I, yeah, wow. it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I also <laughs> also traded in GT Sport, which was still in the cellophane wrapper, because Where did I just. That come I, from? Oh, it's, it, it came. It was the it was the free game when I bought the, blo- oh, the bundle right. when I, I thought, got the PS4 again. I thought like Polyphony was just giving them away or something. <laughs> For, mate, I thought I took it up thinking they were going to give me like a five for it because yeah. they must have had so many traded back in. Yeah. Uh, I think people have kept hold of them people because are they into have it, are into it completely. But yeah. they've they've thrown in that single player stuff as well now because um, it was all just online multiplayer. Yeah. Basically, yeah. but they've thrown in a load of multi- single player stuff. But I'm just, I'm just not going to play it. I just know I'm not going to get round to it. Um, so yeah, I thought yeah. I definitely Shadow of the Colossus is a better fit for me than yeah. GT Sport. So fuck it. Yeah, and it's going to get, get a rid. second life when I just come and take it off you when I come down to Bristol. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it, it's got a lot of um, like time trial modes as well. So, yeah. you know, how how quickly can you take down the Colossi and that stuff? That sounds like so not in line with what that game is. Cool. Completely, <laughs> completely. Um, I don't know whether you can do them until you finish the mm. game or whether you can just, once you've taken it down, whether you can just return to it and, and do a time trial mode. I haven't been back to try and do that. I just want to nail a, yeah. a, a playthrough first and just get through it. Um, but I think it's a game that what are they 25 30 quid something like that yeah um, i think it's 30 quid on psn yeah even though it's maybe an eight hour game that's fine you're probably going to get quite a lot of mileage from it yeah if you're just looking for one thing to hold you for sort of you know the month yeah until something else comes uh, out so i mean it's not the price that ever bothers me it's just <sighs> i mean i can't even speak because i never owned that game anyway but it's like why yeah. are you charging yeah. this much ring master it's the same with anybody. It's like same with Nintendo. Don't charge me like fifty quid to play Bayonetta two or Mario Kart. Gotcha. It's like, just, hell. just or Donkey Kong Tropical Freak. It's like just just go away. Just go away. Well, you know? Like going back to Akami. Mm. That was fifteen quid. Yeah, that's how it should be. That was its release price. Yes. Came out as fifteen quid. Um, but just before Shadow of the Colossus came out, I know that the little independent shop up the road mm. was going to be stocking it for 30 quid amazon had it for 24 25 pound okay, okay. um so i just happened to be in the city center so i thought i'd drop into game and mm. see how much they were going to do it for and uh it, it would lead us on to a completely different conversation for another episode <laughs> they were going to charge 35 pounds well that's what they do I mean, and there's I, no fucking wonder they're going under, eh? I, I have nothing against the game. A lot of like I pre-ordered the God of War Stonemasons edition, one of the cool ass statues from game. A lot of my. It's the only place you can get it, so yeah. I think Amazon had it as well, but I was too late oh. on that. Yeah, it was okay. unavailable. I was like, well, missed that boat. Typed it in Google, <laughs> came with game. Was like, thank you, game. I can always rely on you when I don't pre-order elsewhere. And it's yes. like. Yeah, they serve a function, but yeah, they why do. they're charging they extra five pounds for games? It's, it's like not only the tax of having to go into one of those shops, but also an extra five pounds. It's like I, I don't, I don't know. But hey, hey, it, it's why I, 
it's why I used to rent games back in the day because yeah, game was the only only shop mm. apart from maybe like WH Smiths which had maybe three computer games in but it was the only <laughs> shop in the in in Weymouth where yeah. I grew up which which sold computer games you you have to you had to go to Poole or Bournemouth or you know somewhere like that and yeah. it's yeah. not far it's only an hour away but to go an hour just to go and pick up a computer game, yeah. I wasn't really up for yeah. that at the age of sort of you know fifteen, sixteen. So no, not at all. I used to have uh, like two blockbusters within like two miles from where I used to live. Like I used to. This was not even that long ago. When did Blockbuster go under? It's about like five years ago. So not much before that. Yeah, I just used to go in there. I used to get a voucher. For like two games for five pounds for an entire yeah. week. Yeah. That's how I played Skyrim. <laughs> I played that within <laughs> a few days, which was madness. Did the whole dragon shout and killed that dragon within like two days, which is I don't know how I did that, but I didn't want to pay more than five pounds. Um but Batman Arkham Asylum played that. Uh, oh, that's great. Bioshock game. Infinite. I played all these games just renting them and mm. I'm so gutted that that's not a thing now, because it's like yeah, I I I rent. Well, this is a bad idea, but Uncharted Four. You know, I'd rent that. Yeah. You know? I wanted to buy that game, but it's like, yeah, I'd, I'd rent that for like a weekend and just play that and pay completely five pounds for it rather than the twenty five from Tesco or whatever I paid for it. So. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice compact fifteen-hour experience. Yeah. You know, you can bash out in a weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and that just doesn't exist anymore. It's just mm. sad. There are sort of online, uh, like, rental places, aren't there? You yeah, kind of... but I don't trust those. No. Sorry, Boomerang, but I don't trust you. Ah, oh, Boomerang, that's the one. It's when you've, <laughs> yeah. when you've, when you ordered Neo and it mm. just comes with Dark Souls 2 or something yeah. like that in it instead. Like, it's the same thing. Yeah. You'll be fine. That's why I think Game Pass is such a promising thing. Mm. It's like, you pay £10... A month or whatever it is. That's the cost of a rental. Probably the equivalent of what it would be nowadays. And it's like, if you don't like that game, there's like a hundred more that you can try for the month. And it's... Uh, that's, uh, I have very high hopes for Game Pass. I mean, it, it is insane that Microsoft mm. have said that their exclusives are coming yeah. to Game Pass day that's one. That's, that's ridiculous. I think it's just it a does, case of people are going to forget they're actually subscribed and just going to get money that way. <laughs> I just, yeah, completely. But it does make me does make me worry a little bit for the developers when yeah. when suddenly they were going to sell, say, 200,000 copies and suddenly they've only sold 50,000 because everyone else is just trying it out through Game Pass. I mean, it's a great yeah. way to sort of taste a game and see whether it's for you. Um, I think it would be that they'll subsidise these developers like oh every, no, every, every no doubt user, but yeah. will they subsidise them for the actual value that they may have made from you know mm. you, there's no way you can you can properly estimate the the amount of units that will be sold of a certain game you yeah. know, someone probably tries to but you know if Microsoft say well we think you're gonna you know Sea of Thieves here you go mm. rare here's a hundred thousand copies worth. Of, of subsidy because yeah, yeah. we think you're going to sell that and actually now we've put it on game pass mm-hmm. you know you're not going to sell that many whereas you know we don't know that it's going to come out people are going to say it's a 10 out of 10 game and yeah. it would have sold 500,000 copies and rare sit there and go well mm, yeah we've been a little tough. bit it's like, shafted it's like starting on ps plus i mean yeah it's like 
that worked out for Rocket League might not have worked out for other people, but it's like Microsoft um, first party games do not sell well anyway, so like I doubt they sell more than two million most of them. I don't think mm. Gears sold that well. Really? I it was more than two million. It's probably like say maximum four, I'd imagine. Mm. It's mm. like when Uncharted sold. Fair enough, there's more PS4s out there, but Uncharted is not as well known as Gears. Yeah. I don't care who you are, what, what part of the world you are. Uncharted is not known as well as Gears or Halo. And it's like, you know, if those aren't going to sell well, then why not entice people, get them subscribed to this, in effect get them subscribed to Gold if they want to play online. So, someone much smarter than me and you has done the number crunching and somehow it works. So, yeah, know, it, must, always, it must do. It must they do. can always just flip flop on it, you know. Well, <laughs> and I, I think they they can. I yeah. I suppose that's the thing as well with first party studios. Mm-hmm. They're always going to be given more money. They're yeah. always going to be have that budget available to be able to make mm-hmm. games. And actually, it's going to be rather than rare seeing the profits come back from it. It's going to be Microsoft seeing the profits come back from it anyway, yeah. isn't yeah. it? So yeah. it, it's 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 yeah. going to work out for somebody. You know? um, <laughs> maybe just three people right yeah. at the top yeah but that's why i have these ready and waiting yes i'm holding up to ben my uh free download codes for game pass which which i'm saving for gears of war five in five years <laughs> <laughs> not not fable uh, uh not, is it, it's gonna I'd be fable play, four i'd play another fable game why not yeah, yeah. I think I would as well. I really yeah. enjoyed the first Fable. Yeah, they're good games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I'm not really mm. into fantasy stuff, so. But they're good. Nice. Shall we finish? We shall. Have you finished your beer? Almost. <laughs> Almost. Which <laughs> Which one did you prefer out of the two you um, had? I think I have to say it's the Weird Beard Safe Stack. Not getting yeah. a lot of the Chokeberry. Um, I don't know if my taste buds are a bit skewed after the first beer that I had, the Sour. But um, yeah, Weird Beard, go on record again. They make fantastic beers. This is a really good middle of the range stout. Um, you get all that dark chocolate malts and nice, comforting, like. Coffee flavors and mm. roasted flavors. Um, it's very light on the palate, very light body. Nothing too thick or, or viscous. Um, nothing that will be too heavy for you. Um, yeah, it's it's a great stack. Um, it doesn't exactly go all the way on the promise of having that choke berry for me, but um, it's still a really good beer. The super super luminal. Um, I had. A, another bit part of that rage from um, Buxton. I think it was about a year ago now. Or something like that. It, it was so sour. I, I I couldn't drink it. It was like one of those <laughs> pour down the sink. So yeah. sours. Um, I don't know if uh, that was actually the beer or how they intended it, or something happened in the sanitization process. I don't know. But um, yeah, this is a really nice sour as well from Buxton. Not. Mm. Also, not you know going through on the promise of an IPA for me, but yeah, it's a really good sour. But the weird beard um, safe stat just takes it from this week. Nice, nice. Um, 
I think I'm going to be the same and go for my second mm. my second beer, and it's 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 almost got a similar taste profile to that yeah. as well. Um, the the sill from first chop, the 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 more I drank it, the more that it opened up, and it does it does start off with this slightly sweet chocolatey kind of flavor which which that's the thing that i think i was not i, I couldn't quite identify when i was first drinking it mm-hmm. um but the the more that you have and the more that it sort of sits with you the more those those initial sort of chocolatey and sweet notes come through mm-hmm. uh, and then it, it kind of blends very very well into those sort of roasted coffee notes which which do dry you out really quickly and then that does sit with you that is that the lasting impression from this beer is definitely that coffee mm-hmm. but it is doing a, a few things before that uh before you get to that point um i think just the ticket from fallen is great and it's yeah. a fantastic beer to give to to friends who maybe aren't quite into craft beer who are or who are sort of investigating it and stuff i think this would be a brilliant starting like, opener point, yeah. for people and a great yeah. starting off point low abv it's 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 hoppy you're getting a lot of flavor from it but it's not overly bitter it's not overly hoppy either mm. um and it's a nice a very pleasant sort of citrusy little piney kind of taste uh you know great example of a, a of a pale ale yeah and a light pale ale at that um but i think for for me the the, the sill first chop takes it just because it's doing a little bit more perhaps <laughs> and they're just kind of like the flavors that i enjoy yeah. coffee chocolate great yeah, great in a beer okay. and it's a miserable february night as well <laughs> yeah. so it's it a perfect beer morning, for the yeah, so. yeah exactly exactly yeah. What you need. it's a perfect beer for the day yeah. so yes yes uh, if people want to chat to you about beer or video games how do they do that uh, they can tag me on twitter at beerresistible underscore games juicy loose 9 on playstation and xbox and it's just juicy loose on untapped nice if you want to talk to all of us on twitter you can go to at tanked up underscore cast. If you'd like to email us, give us some long form thoughts. Just tell us about your day. Uh, you can do that at tankedupcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can get me at nova underscore 47 uh, and nova underscore 47 on PSN or Steam. I've just at all. Oh, I'll finish by saying I've, I've worked out a cheat for uh, PlayStation Plus. Okay. So, I haven't had my PlayStation Plus subscription. Mm. The new games on PlayStation Plus come out on like the first Tuesday of the month. So I started up my my new I started up my PS Plus subscription on the Sunday. So I got the previous month's games, and within the same paying period, I've got this month's games as well. So I'm kind of paying for one month, but I'm getting two months worth of games. Whether I've got two months to be able to actually, let's say I've got one month, sorry, to be able to play two months worth of games on top of Shadow of the Colossus and Bloodborne if I want to go back to it and all the other games I've got as a disc uh, might be a little bit difficult, but yeah, a little, 
a little cheat for everybody. So pay for your PlayStation Plus subscription right at the end of the month. Get two months worth of games for one month's worth of pay. Good hack there. Good, Good hack. Yeah. Yes. Like I said, I'm not going to have time to do this, so well, all of those you know, games are just going to sit in my library. How and never else be are you going to play Knack? You know, no one's buying oh, that. Oh, yeah. Knack. <laughs> I just wanted Telltale Batman because you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. So I knew that I had to start up my subscription mm. before it disappeared. Yeah, uh, um, I think the fourth episode came out for uh, season two. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really enjoying the overarching story, but I really think the way the characters have developed and how they intermingle with one another, I find that really interesting. But the overarching plot behind it, not, not, not so, so good. Great. Yeah. Okay, okay, hmm. fair enough. Hmm. Well, I suppose I, because I've got all of season one now, once Shadow of the Colossus is done. Telltale Batman might be a nice uh, a nice break from those oh, kind God, of yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, so I love Telltale games because sometimes you, you're definitely in that mood where you just don't want to play anything. But it's mm. like you feel bad not playing anything. And these, <laughs> these, these games are just perfect for that. I can just put the controller to the side, not really interact in many ways, but I'm still playing a game. Completely. Yeah. And, and like I put um, Telltale Game of Thrones down after the third episode mm-hmm. even though i'd bought the season pass i i owned all of the episodes and i i picked it up as the last season of game of thrones was on okay thinking yeah i want a bit more of game of thrones mm. I'll, I'll, i'm not really up for playing any games at the moment i'm watching maybe three or four different tv shows with kim yeah. i'm i'm more into that at the moment than than picking anything else up and I, you know what else was I playing at the time I think I was doing like New Game Plus on Horizon or something like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, or, or I just run through Hellblade I think yeah. and I was thinking oh, I need something that's very light I'm not really into too many games at the moment and yeah. actually yeah Telltale Game of Thrones even though it's not great no, it's, not, it's kind it, of a, a it's, nice refresher yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely even if the stories aren't great and some of them haven't been recently, it's like it just serves a purpose. It's like yeah, completely nice to relax to. Decent mm. story usually. Got a lot of respect for Telltale, but to fix your damn engine. Hey, what what didn't you say something runs yeah, exceedingly runs well, well on yeah. Xbox One X? Batman season two, <laughs> not a hitch in sight, and it's incredible. <laughs> that 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 is a beefy console for that to so, be able to do that. So actually, it's like a super computer, you know, like the one in Close Encounters of the third. Yeah, one. yeah. It's that to be able to do. <laughs> so the engine's so good that you need the top, <laughs> top yeah. hardware to actually be able to play Manage it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all been wrong yeah. this whole time. <laughs> yeah. You've just got to be top of your game to be yeah. able to get the so full complex. experience. So complex. <laughs> that it needs a PC running on an Nvidia. GTX 950 10YW graphics card. Exactly. I don't know anything about PC, so all <laughs> <laughs> the PC master makes that And what if you want about I just it's use fine. mine to, you know, dig for cryptocurrency. Yeah, well, we, we've done we've done Twitter handles. They've forgotten it, so they can't give you shit for it. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, let's finish there uh, for another week. We've been tagged up. Bye. Bye.